Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. I saw Satan fall like lightning, I saw darkness run for cover, but the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven, I believe in signs and wonders, I have resurrection Give the Lord a clap offering and shout. 
morning. Thank you for the testimony you have given to us. Well, good morning. Who's got a testimony this morning? Hey, if you're breathing, you got a testimony. All right, God's not done working in you. It's great to have you here at Hillside this morning. My name is Eric. I am the lead pastor here, and we are thrilled that you're with us today. God is doing great and mighty things. Uh, I want to thank those who helped us yesterday uh, with the funeral service. Long day for some of you here. Uh, thank you for your, your effort putting that in. We had fabulous uh, time of ministry yesterday uh, with the families there. It was, it was great, so thank you for serving. Uh, I do want to pass along my condolences to Ron Fader and his family. Uh, Ron's brother Phil passed away on Monday, uh, and uh, well-known throughout our community and throughout many communities in Wisconsin. Uh, and so Phil's uh, visitation and funeral will be here on Sunday, May 7th, uh, that Sunday afternoon. And so if you'd like to pay your respects, you'll be able to do so. We'll also be looking for some help that weekend uh, because we'll have a funeral service or celebration of life service on Saturday and then on Sunday as well, two different individuals. So it'll be a busy weekend at the church. Uh, if you're willing to help but come and serve, we would love to have your help uh, on that weekend. Uh, we also want to let you know, uh, we've got a few issues going on here at church. Uh, we have not had internet or uh, telephone service uh, since Monday last week. And then uh, my cell phone coverage, uh, my cell phone service, uh, if you have T-Mobile, you probably experience this too. We currently don't have service either. Uh, so if you've been trying to get a hold of me uh, or our staff, we just want to let you know we aren't jerks. Um, we don't know that you're calling us, and we don't have a way to call you back. Uh, so we are working very hard to get those services restored, uh, and we hope to be able to resume them sometime this week. Uh, if it takes longer than that, if the issues are more complicated than what we think they are, um, the, great news. How many of you have ever seen Where's Waldo from the books? Yeah, the, the t-shirt you got to find. And, and so we're going to play a game next week called Where's Pastor Eric? And I will be in town, downtown at one of the businesses, officing out of one of their, come find me. Uh, it'll be great. And so we're going to find a way to make it through uh, this season um, because there's still work that needs to be get done and there's phone calls that need to be made and contacts that need to be done, research needs to be done. So uh, we'll get through that. So thank you uh, for your patience and grace in that. Uh, we're going to get ready to worship this morning. Are you ready to worship? Look, before I do that, I want to say this. I have felt this way all week. I mean, with stuff going on here at the office, very complicated. We've had three funeral services that we've been trying to put together, several other services, several other things going on. Not being able to have the internet and those kind of things, uh, to do research and those kind of things, it's been very frustrating for me. Uh, and I found myself just getting so irritated on the things that I didn't have. And you know what the enemy likes to do in our life a lot? He likes to come in. He likes to stir up trouble. He likes to get us so focused on the things that, that we have no control over, right? And he just stirs it up and whips us up. And we get so focused on that, we miss the opportunity to step into what God has for us. So I just want to tell you this morning, God has a plan for you. God is here this morning to meet with you. God loves you. So, you know what? I, I, we're gonna, for those who are comfortable, let's stand. Let's stand this morning because we're going to stand and worship. And just as a sign of, of just release to God, would you just raise your hands for a moment? We're not going to do anything weird here, but just, just open those palms up and just release the things that have been bogging you down this week. Lay them down. Let them go. And we're just holding our hands up because we just want to say, Lord, we want to grab a hold of you. We want to grab a hold of your word and your presence and your spirit. 
Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, as we enter into worship, we welcome you to this house. Lord, you have called this place to be about ministry. I know there is a lot of weight them up to you that, God, you would touch and lost today. Lord, we ask you to bring comfort, peace, and direction into their life. Lord, I know this. Your word is always on time. It is always on time. And you have a word for people today. So, Lord, as we prepare for your word, as we enter into worship, may we do so with, Lord, a spirit of truth and a spirit of hope. And, Lord, we lay down the burdens to grab a hold of you this morning. And God's people said, amen. Robbie, would you lead us in worship? I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the
mountains are still being moved, strongholds are still being loosed, God we believe, yes we can see it, that wonders are still what you do, we are here.
have so much to be thankful for, God. And we give it all back to you in our worship. And all my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing this song as I often do, but every song must end, and you lift your hands to him now so i throw up my hands and praise you again and again because all that i have is a hallelujah hallelujah and i know it's not much but i
praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king. Except for a heart singing sometimes we forget to just be thankful just giving us another day another breath another opportunity we should be grateful there's a lot in our life we can't control there's a lot in our life that will come our way and unexpectedly knock the wind out of our sails but Lord we can still be thankful Lord, you may not always move the way we want you to. You may not always do the things we want you to do. But you are a loving Father who knows better than we do. And Lord, we thank you that you are a God and you are a Father who can be trusted. Lord, your word always comes just, just at the right time. I believe you have a word for us today. Lord, you want to speak. Lord, I pray we would open our ears to hear your word, to hear your correction and direction for today. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Kids, we are ready to dismiss you. Miss Jackie is ready. There's a group already. They're already, they've left before that before we even dismissed. They're so excited. Uh, they're going to have a great time today. All right, can I, can I let you in on a secret? Are you ready for a secret? Okay. Uh, next Sunday is going to be Celebration Sunday. I'm the furthest from church. And so Easter uh, and some of the things that came out of that. And we've got, we're hopefully going to have pictures and things to share with you from the Easter egg hunt. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, and I don't know if he'll be here next week. So I want to say this because I'm going to make mention of him next week. But Paul, I want to thank you for coming and serving last week. Blessed me, my wife, and my team in amazing ways. And I'll share the story again next week for people who aren't here, but I remember asking him at the end, I was like, man, well, what'd you think? And he tells me the story about this kid that came up to him and said, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> and there's tears in Paul's eyes. And I looked at it and I said, you know what? We don't know the story that kid has. And we think, oh, you know, how can this be the best day? It very well could have been the best day that kid has ever had. And he got to see God's people point to Jesus 
and love on other kids and love on this community. He may not be able to put that all together into words, but he experienced it. So thank you so much, brother, for coming and serving. If you don't know Paul, Paul is Michaela's dad, and so he's learned everything that he knows from her. I'm sure that's how that works. Um, so we're going to share about that, and then one last part, and this is the secret. Uh, Mike Nichols isn't here this morning. He's one of our worship leaders. He's actually leading worship for one of our home missions churches today. So very exciting. So I can share some secrets. Uh, next Sunday, Mike will be getting credentialed Sunday evening uh, with ordination in the Assemblies of God. And so we are going to celebrate. We've got some special things that we're going to do to honor him in that service. But don't tell him because he doesn't know. And we've got family coming in for Mike. Uh, it's going to be a really cool service. So if you want to have a card that you'd like to give him Sunday morning, that's great. And of course, you can come to the ordination service in, Osh in Oshkosh. Uh, we'll have that information in the bulletin next week. Uh, hopefully, we can put it out on email as well uh, this week. Lord willing, we get that fixed. So who's ready for a word from God today? Me too. Um, so I came to church with a plan. You like How many people like having plans? Yeah, so my plan this week was to jump back in the book of Acts, and we were going to continue talking about Stephen. Uh, but yesterday, uh, I preached a service here uh, on a different passage of Scripture, and I have not been able to let it go. It has stirred in me something. So I want to go back to the same passage that I preached yesterday, but we're going to go in a little different direction. So if you're here and you're like, oh, I've heard this and you want to check out, don't check out. So some of the things might be the same, but we're going to go in a little different direction, and here's why. I believe God wants to do this. There's somebody in this room today that God is saying, I'm stopping the plans. I'm changing the order of things because I have a word for you. And God wants to speak to you today. I know one thing. I know the voice of my Savior. And I know this is the passage for today. So you ready to get into it? Let's, do it. Let's pray one more time before we preach. Lord, I believe this is the word for today. Lord, I believe that you want to speak to our hearts. I believe you want to bring correction and direction. And so, Lord, we jump in wholeheartedly. Lord, speak to us. Lord, I pray, anoint your servant to be able to preach effectively. May they not be my words, but your words. In Jesus' mighty name, God's people said, amen. amen. So we're going to talk about legacy building. I love the word legacy. I think it's so important. Um, I think when we look at characters from the Bible and the people that God used, I think a priority in their life was legacy. We talk a lot in our culture about destiny. And listen, there is a destiny for believers. We're all going to heaven if you believe in Jesus. I'm not trying to, to sell that short. But sometimes when we talk about our life, we believe I'm destined for a ministry. I'm destined for a project. I'm destined for this job or career or, or this relationship. And we talk about destiny. And I don't think the priority needs to be on that. I think the priority for believers should be What's the legacy we can leave? What's the legacy of our community and our walking with a few for the generation still to come? I was talking about to someone, and I said, you know, I've got to thinking about your kids. Should the Lord Terry and your kids grow up in our church and they decide to stay in this community, the decisions and choices we make as a church, I want them to bless them a generation from now. I want whoever follows in my shoes as the next lead pastor of this church, the decisions and choices that I make with our leadership team to give them all the tools that they can possibly have to go further and farther than we can. 
I want to set them up for success. And by the way, this isn't like a message where I'm planning to retire at the end of the service, just so let's just ease that, okay? But when you're a parent, don't you want to leave something for your kids? Don't you want to leave something for your grandparents? So let's talk a little bit about leaving a legacy. And to help us with that, we're going to look at Elisha, a great man of God, an incredible prophet, who God used to perform 32 miracles, at least 32 documented miracles. It's interesting because 31 of them happened in his lifetime, and one happened afterwards. So we'll get there. Don't rush ahead. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 13, verses 14 through 19. Now Elisha had been suffering from an illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows, he said, and he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said, to the king of Israel. When he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elijah said, and he shot. And you really hope that someone didn't walk out from a building right then as that arrow goes flying by. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram. Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Armenians at Aphek. Elisha was a great man of God. He had an incredible relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. But King Johash was not a man of faith. But he could follow directions. Here's a freebie. This isn't even one of the points today. If you want God to bless your life, you need to have a personal relationship with him. You cannot live for Christ through someone else's experiences. I am your pastor and your shepherd. I'm here to encourage you, to point you in the right direction, to give you encouragement, to sometimes bring discipline, to sometimes be a visionary for our church and our community, to also help try to lay steps and groundwork to get to those, those, those visions and dreams. But you cannot live your relationship with Christ through me. You have to have your own relationship with the Lord. You need to talk to Jesus. It's called prayer. You need to talk to him. You just need to open up your Bible and, and read and see what God would speak to you about your marriage, about your work, about, about the community. When you're going through hardships and tough times, open that word of God and let God speak to you. Use the tools we have available for you. Right now, media with over 25,000 pieces of content for Bible teaching, it's there. The Purple Book, we got free Bibles to give away. We've got resources, we've got tools. And, and folks, I cannot make you use them. I can teach you how to fish, but you got to put the pole in the water. <laughs> All right? I want you to have a vibrant relationship with Jesus. Don't be like King and Jehoash and live your relationship with Christ through someone else. Confidant and his mentor, and while the king was, was kind of this political leader, you had these two leaders coming together, but the king would listen to Elisha, and any success that King Jehoash came came because of the counsel they had with Elisha, because Elisha was getting counsel from God. 
And he realized with Elisha's passing, he would not have that connection any longer. And so there was this emotional response. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. A lot of emotion in this passage. But Elisha gives him some final instructions to the king before his death. Let's look at what they were. He says, get a bow, and he does so. So let's do that this morning. Let's get a bow. Okay, so the board wouldn't let me have a real one anymore. Now listen, you shoot one person in church, and then they don't let you have the real thing anymore. But it's okay. Brad Thompson walked with a limp before I shot him. It's not that big a deal. All right? So he says, get the bow. Get this bow. And so he goes and he gets this bow. And then there's an important step here that I think a lot of people miss. Elisha placed his hands on the king's hands. This is symbolic of the blessing of God on the king's life. He may not even be following God. He may not have a relationship with God. But Elisha cared about the nation. He cared about this king. He put his hands on him and blessed him. And can I tell you something? No matter what you do in life, I don't care what your occupation is. If you're the top CEO, you're a mechanic, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a student going to school, you want God's covering in your life. Because trying to do life without it is a pain, and you will goof it up. I will goof it up. I want God's covering. I want to at least be going in the right direction with God when I stumble and fall and trip. I want to have his blessing. I want to be underneath his protection. When I step out from underneath that and try to do things for God outside of God's will, outside of God's timing, that's not a place I want to be. I want to be able to have that blessing. And Elisha's heart was, I want this king to be blessed. I want the nation to be blessed. Can I tell you, I want our church to be blessed by the hand of God. I want more than that. I want our community. I want Ripon to be blessed by God. I want the hand of God over our city, over our leaders, over our businesses. They need God in their life. And we need to be the representation to them. I had a, a meeting downtown this week, and then I just walked by and met a couple business owners this week and just got introduced and, and kicked off a relationship. And you know what I love? Three of, the, three of the business owners I talked to this last week said, I came to your event on Saturday, or I had somebody in my business that came. And let me tell you, one person, they weren't even here. Let me tell you, they said, you guys do things so well. Because my employee couldn't stop talking about how wonderful that event was for families. They weren't even here, but thanking us for providing an opportunity for families in our community. Because we had blessed people who came and put their selfishness aside and served. Thank you for being a representation of Jesus to our community. So he's now sitting here, and, and what do we do next? Well, he says, open the ears 
the Lord's. It's, it's, oh no. It's, it's Nerf, man. Like, just close your eyes. Nobody's going to lose an eyeball today. All right, one more time. We practiced this before service. Shooting for the door. All right, I give up. Obviously, we have issues with the bow. So next Sunday, we'll be talking about uh, humbleness. Um, Say, hey, come on. Thank you for bailing me out. So the first lesson in leaving a legacy is live in the moment with an eye on the horizon. The window that he had open was to the east. What rises every morning in the east? A new day. Open the window to see the vision of what lies ahead. Here Elisha was getting ready to die. But he said, open the window and look to the future. Get that bow and shoot to what's still yet to come. So you got to live in the moment, but our eye on the horizon. Here's what people tend to do. And in my years in ministry, I've seen this time and time and time again. People who don't have a balance. We're meant to have a balance between our past, our present, and our future. Some people are stuck in the past. They live there. They live on the mistakes that they made in the past, and they can't get past them. And they live in, the, they live in that. They look at how things used to be. Well, remember when it used to be this way, and they get stuck there. And then when they reminisce, they just, that's where their vision is. That's where their mind is, is what used to be, how good it used to be. Or what, I, what I've done in the past. And they'll live throughout their life in the current time, living in what they did yesterday. Living in what they did five years ago or ten years ago, but not living in the moment. They're stuck in the past. Then there's some people, they're stuck in the present. We've all talked about and had experiences where wind gets knocked out of our sails. We've all gotten bad news, or we've had to live through horrifying moments in our life. And some people can never get past the situation that they're in. It's never going to get better. It's never going to change. This is the way it will always be. My marriage, my life, my relationships, my ministry, whatever, it will never get better. And they just get buried in their situation. They walk around like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Somebody will say good morning to them, and they'll say, if it's a good morning, but I doubt it. Constant negativity. Constantly just focused on what's not right, what's not in their control, and missing out on the things that God can do right now in their life. So some people are stuck in the past, some people are stuck in the present, and some people are stuck in the future. They're trying to live in tomorrow at the cost of today. I I love having a vision, and I love being able to look to what's possibly on the horizon, but at the same time, you can't be absent from what's right in front of you. 
You can't be absent from the relationships and the opportunities that are right here, right now. You've got to get your head out of the clouds and live a little bit in today. Because when you just live in tomorrow, I guarantee you it hurts your relationships, it damages your reputation, and for sure, it damages your character. You're not present in tomorrow. Vision to tomorrow. Live in today. Cast your vision for tomorrow. Here's how it's supposed to work. Here's how God set it up. We're to learn from our past, we're to live in the present, and we're to keep our eye on the horizon. That's how we're supposed to live balanced. Not in just one of these or just not in two, but in all three. Learn from your past, live in the present, keep your eye on the horizon. Elisha may have been dying, it was a time for mourning, but victory was still ahead for this king. Verse 14, then he said, take the arrows. And the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you stopped. You stopped. You should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. Go back to my piano. Yesterday, I did the same illustration. Somebody in the audience was like, it's like, how much stuff does that guy have in that piano? He took, took the arrows, and he pounded them, and put a hole in the ground. One, two, three, and that was it. That was the end. What is this trying to tell us? Well, had the king had a relationship with the Lord, the Spirit would have convicted him and said, keep hitting the ground, keep pounding the ground. Here's lesson number two for leaving a legacy. You have to put the effort in. You have to put the effort in. Elijah said, grab some arrows and strike the ground. He only did it three times. The effort was there, but it was minimal. So Elisha says, hey, you'll have victory, but only three times and not total victory. You want to be a better spouse? You want to be a better coworker? You want to be a better boss? You want to be a better student? Then put some effort in today. You may not be able to have victory today, but today the effort you put into those things will bring victory tomorrow. But we've got to be willing to put in some effort. We've got to be willing to put in some steps. How many of you have a, a two-story house? All right, great. How do you get from the first story to the second story? 14 steps. It's a man who knows his house. I, I love having vision, and we need to have vision. And the Bible talks about vision. It talks about dreams, and we need to have dreams. But if there is something that I have learned over my lifetime... It's this, you can't just live on dreams and vision. That God calls us to put steps in place to get to the vision and the dream. If you have a house and you've got a second story and you're like, you know what? This is a waste of resources to put steps in. We don't need 14. Let's just put the bottom floor, the top floor, and step seven. Now, if you built a house that way, I can tell you this. None of us here are ever going to the second story, all right? 
Because if you tried to do that, you're going to get hurt. And you may go, well, that's silly. You wouldn't do that. But you know what we do in our life? We try to, we go, well, I'll just won't put all the steps in. We'll put one and three. We'll just put the, we'll put the odd number steps in our life to get to that vision, to get to that dream. We have to be willing to, set, to allow the Holy Spirit and to allow wise counsel and to allow God to set up the steps in our life to get to the dream and the vision that he has for us. Nick wanted to go to Japan and serve as a missionary associate. He didn't just buy tickets, jump on a plane, go to Japan and go, well, and Nick wanted, he had to get, then we had a pandemic and he had to figure that out. And there was all these steps that he had to go through in the process. And he couldn't miss them because one step was vital to the next one. Here's what people who are impatient and don't do the steps, you miss out on the preparation God has for you because each step is a place where God wants to teach you something. And when we try to jump the steps, when we try to jump the, to get to the vision, to get to the dream, we're not prepared for what God wants to do. And you know what ends up happening? You end up getting hurt. You end up stumbling and falling, and it hurts your ministry, it hurts your life, it hurts your relationships, and get this, it hurts other people. This is what happens all the time in ministries all across the world when they try to take shortcuts, when they try to rush God. Burnout, they go in the wrong direction, they start experiencing things. They start going, well, God's supposed to be faithful and God's supposed to be loving. Why is all this happening to me? Maybe you didn't walk the steps God had for you. You were trying to jump from, from the first floor to the seventh step. You've got to be patient. You've got to be patient. You've got to put the effort in. You've got to pound the ground in your life to see the things happen that you want to see happen, the things that God has even spoken to you about. You've got to be patient. I'm going to speak something into somebody's life today. When God says slow down and you don't, he will put you on the bench because he loves you enough. And you might go, that's harsh. I've lived it. I've lived it. When God has told me to slow down, to slow my pace, to not jump so far ahead, to be patient. And when I have chosen not to, God has put me on the bench. And he has assured me he will do it again. I'm speaking of my own life. And if God will do it to your pastor, I'm telling you, he will do it to you. Not because he's mad or he's angry, but because he loves you enough to stop you from messing up your life and messing up the lives of others. We've got to be willing to put in the effort. You want a better marriage? Put in the effort. And it's just not one day. It's just not one thing. You want to be a better employee? It's just not one thing. It's just not one day. It's every day. How can I pound the ground today? What can I do? Small things. Like we're all, we get so caught up in the Pentecostal church. Everything has to be big and huge and boisterous and like the wavy man at the card place. It's like, you just got to be Pentecostal all the time. And it's like, there is a time and a place for those kind of expressions and celebrations 
and movings of the Spirit, but the Spirit also moves in the quiet and the stillness. The greatest prophet of all time, Elijah, calls down fire from heaven. I mean, this guy's got it going on. When he gets away with God, God's presence was not found in the earthquake or in the wind or in all this other thing. What was it found? In a quiet, still voice. Being Pentecostal is not loud. Being Pentecostal means that we function with the Spirit of God. Sometimes it's loud. Sometimes it's quiet. Thank goodness for a spiritual gift of discernment that should tell us when, when what is what. That's lesson two. Lesson three. Last lesson for today, and we'll close. For this, let's go back to 2 Kings. Verse 13, 20, and 21. Elisha died. At this point, you think the ministry's over. <laughs> the guys died. Now, Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. Once, while some Israelites were uh, burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So they threw life and stood up on his feet. Elisha's not even present for the final miracle that God did through his life. Imagine this guy. He died somewhere. I don't know what his last memory was. If he got hit by a, a, a cart, like going downtown in the shopping plaza, and somebody was driving their cart too fast, and he got hit, that's the last thing he remembers. I know this. He woke up, and he's in a tomb with a dead body. He's like, how did this happen? You think that's crazy? Imagine when he showed up back in town, and these guys threw his body in that tomb. Like, dude, we just threw your body in the cave. How are you here? I mean, this was crazy stuff. Word must have got around. Amazing. Lesson number three, your impact you make lasts a lot longer than you think. The impact that you make can last longer than after you leave. The impact you make today on your kids, on your neighbors, on your friends, your family, I believe it can outlast your life. I believe what we do as a church today can outlast our lifetime. Long after we're gone, there'll be another generation, should the Lord tarry. And they will do greater things than we do. And I want to set everything up that we can for the generation that comes after us to be more blessed, to have more confidence to have more tools, to have more resources, and to have a greater fire for God than we've had. To take it to the next level. And that's not an excuse for us to be lazy. That is, that is a promise to grab some arrows and pound the ground. We should do everything that we can to engage with the Lord, to grow our relationship as much as we can. But in making those decisions, I want those decisions to bless the generation still yet to come. I believe our greatest minister at our church is not the lead pastor, it's our children's pastor. Because what is she doing right now? She's preparing this generation of the church. Those kids are anointed. We've got some kids that are called. They're five, six, and seven. And I'm telling you, some of them are called. I've seen it. Isabella has got a call of God on her life. 
I call her my preaching partner all the time, and I know that you guys think I joke. I'm like, and I say a couple years from now, we're going to preach a message together. I see it in her. I see it. A couple weeks ago, I went downstairs after church. She grabs me, and she goes, Pastor, I need to tell you something. I said, well, what's that, Isabella? Jesus is proud of you. You did a good job today. Keep it up. I was like, can you just come live with me? I'm like, I need that kind of encouragement. <laughs> Guys, we need to make an impact. And here's how it is. The impact we leave isn't the wavy man at the car dealership. That's not what impacts our community. It's not what impacts your family. Can I tell you what does? Character, integrity, honor, compassion. The reason that God was able to do miracles through Elisha is that he had character, integrity, honor, and compassion in his life. He had the characteristics of Christ. So God was able to move through his life in greater ways spiritually. Our culture right now tells you that character, integrity, honor, and compassion do it. But it matters. You may not like your boss. Your boss not, might not be saved. He might have the foulest mouth that you've ever seen. Give him the honor he's due because God put him in a position to lead that company. Be a blessing to him or her. Bless their socks off because God put you there to do that. That's what impacts people's lives. That is what enables the Spirit to begin to move through you in greater ways. You want miracles to pour out of your life? Work on character, integrity, honor, compassion, the fruit of the Spirit. I promise you, where there is fruit, there is a flow of the Spirit. Where there is fruit of the Spirit, there is a flow of the Spirit. I don't know about you, I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a legacy that Jesus was the greatest thing in my life. And it is the greatest thing I pass on to my daughter. It is the greatest thing I pass on to my church. And it is the greatest thing I pass on to this community. It's that Jesus saves that Jesus walks with you through the tough times. That Jesus is there for you. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Robbie, would you come to the piano? Three legacies, or three examples of leaving a legacy. Number one, we have to learn to live in the moment with an eye on the horizon. We've got to put in the effort We've got to walk the steps to get to the dream and the vision. We've got to allow God to slow us down sometimes. Do it right. Do it well. Somebody shared something with me about our building. They said, you know, when we built this, some of us rushed because we wanted to have it done. And we look back and we go, man, we really wished we would have taken more time to think through some things. Let's do it right moving forward, church. And I'm not saying that it was wrong. I'm just saying there's things that could have been better, right? 
I don't want the next generation to look at us going, man, I wish they would have done it better so we don't have to come back and redo it. Let's do it right the first time. Let's put in the effort. Let's walk the steps. And number three, if we're going to put in the effort, let's put the, char- the effort into character, integrity, honor, compassion, and the fruit of the Spirit because that is what leaves a mark long after we're gone. I want to pray for you this morning. Lord, I don't know who this word was for, but you stopped everything that we had planned today to speak speak this word to us. Lord, we want to leave a legacy. There's too much at stake. There's souls at stake. There's too much at stake. For us not to take this word seriously. Lord, would you place your hand upon our lives and bless us? Not for our own good, not for our own endeavors, but for the endeavors of the kingdom. That we might be the parents, grandparents, neighbors, workers that we need to be. God, we don't want to walk outside of your covering. Lord, help us to grow closer to you. Lord, help us, but to learn the thing. Let us learn from our time. Let us be here. Let us live today for the opportunities right before us, the relationships that you've put in front of us. God, help us to live in the moment, to share in the moment to be present in the moment. God, help us, Lord, to have a vision of the horizon for a new day. Those going through very tough and challenging times, let them see through the window that there is a new day coming. There is a day of victory still ahead. There are victories ahead for our church. There are victories ahead for every person here, but we've got to live in the moment with our eye on the horizon, not living in the horizon. Lord, we pray that we would be a people that would pound the ground. The simple things, the small things that matter so much. Lord, we want to be a church of vision. We want to be a church of mission. We want to be a people and a family of vision and dreams. But God, we need to set steps up. You you want us to work through steps to get and to achieve the vision and the dreams that you give us. So Lord, help us to put, to slow down, to do it right, to God, to go step by step. We don't want to have to jump uh, to try to get to the next floor that you're calling us to in our life, to achieve the dream and the vision that you have for us and for our ministry and for our families and for our workplaces and our campuses. God, we want to be able to pound the ground, to do the simple things, to set the steps, to be patient, to wait on you, to learn the lessons that we need to learn so that we can be victorious in the dream and the vision you have for us. And Lord, by far probably the most important today, Lord, we need the fruit of the Spirit in our life. In a world that has turned upside down, we have lost common sense and morality 
and man, people don't know who they are or what to do, and there is confusion everywhere you turn. Character matters. Integrity matters. Compassion matters. God, help us to be a people of the fruit of the Spirit. I have no doubt when the fruit is in our life that the Spirit and the power of the Spirit flows through our life. Fruit cannot grow on a tree without the tree being able to get stuff from the moisture, from the ground, from the stream, from the rain. The spiritual reign of your power will be evident in our life when we work on developing the fruit of the Spirit in us. Lord, make us fruitful. Help us to be fruitful. Lord, I love this church, and you love this church, and you have called this church for such a time as this. But Lord, we want to do it right. We want to walk with you, and Lord, we do not want just victory for us and our generation. But God, as I hear our children's pastor in the room across, God, we want more for the generation that comes behind us. That we would set them up for success. That they would grow for such a hunger of the things of God. And Lord, envision and dreams bigger than ours. Empower them. And Lord, help us to be faithful as we raise them up. Help us as a church as we raise our community up that the generations that come giving us the opportunity we may but be the last ones to carry it. It is not our call. It is yours. But help us to be faithful to run with the baton while we have it. Until you call us to pass it on, may we be faithful to you. Church, we're going to end today doing one last thing. Worship team, if you're, if you're here, if you're not working kids ministry uh, or something else right now, would you come back to the platform? We'll end today with the last song that we sang, Gratitude. Thank you for picking up my arrows that I couldn't get to the door. I was aiming high. <laughs> Got to get the steps to get there. Church, I want to tell you I love you so much. God loves you so much. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep moving forward. Victory is on the horizon. Let's worship together, then Robbie will pray for our offering and dismiss us. My words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude and I could sing songs as I often do and every song must and you never do so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again
Cause all that I have is a
God, we give you our hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We give you our praise and our thanks today. Lord, I pray that you would bless each one of us as we give of our tithes and our offerings. God, continue to bless through us as a church. God, let it be used to further your kingdom, that more lives would be changed. That you would take those who are hurting and lost and broken, and you would bring restoration, healing, and hope. Lord, help us to apply this word to our heart this week, to step out in faith, and to take those steps that you are giving us and to walk them out, to pound the ground and to do the work and help us to live in the present, to know that your presence is with us each and every day. Go with us now and may you encourage us to continue to worship you wherever we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.